Welcome, everybody, to If I May, a podcast with me, Brent, an average guy, along with three of my average friends, Kyle, Dylan, and Nick. This episode, we're going to talk about woodworking, including slide rulers. What are they? I don't know still. We're going to talk about homonyms, words that sound the same, Polish, Polish, who knows? And we talk about the Kentucky Derby. Big DQ happening. Lots to get into that, as well as our annual or our episodal Game of Weekly, Thrones discussion. You might say. This is episode 47. This is the intro as well. Let's go. Uh, what I want to start with, uh, just a simple question for you guys. You all had shop class in middle school, correct? Yes. 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 Okay. And, and the reason reason I'm asking is I, I don't know if shop is still a commonly taught thing. Yes, Brent, you're familiar with the schools, and I guess Kyle, your wife is as well. Do they still teach that kind of thing in, in major schools? I uh, would assume as so. As Why far as high school, they did. At least at our high school, they did. In BVSD, like very... they're starting to try to do a geometry class that's like geometry and construction all in one, which I can see where they're going with the whole comboing geometry with actually having to assemble a house and, you know, shapes and whatnot. But uh, from the, the tech ed teacher that I helped with their first robotics team, He's, I mean, he thinks it's a good idea for a class. It's just the execution's so hard to get everything in because basically you have to get a full geometry class and a full construction class into one class period. Uh, I've got an interesting question since we're talking about school. Did, did you guys ever have a where you get taught how to use like a slide rule like on, a, on an actual desk with a piece like different size pencils and you actually have to draw stuff that's not on the computer? Yes, I didn't. I at least I didn't take those kind of classes. I don't even think I know what a slide rule is. Basically, it's like uh, you have two wires going vertically on your desk. Your desk is at an angle, and it's basically a giant ruler that goes the entire width mm. of your desk, and you can slide it up and down to give you a uh, like perfectly square, uh, a perfectly square surface that you can adjust. And then you use triangles, uh, different size triangles, and different. Um, like patterns that you need um, to be able to draft. And, at, and that way you are making sure that you're perfectly square. So I think uh, unless I'm confusing slide rule, something else, I thought slide rule was the like back in the day calculator. That's literally like a sliding ruler to help you calculate things. Abacus is what you're thinking of. The old school calculator that has all the little uh, wooden beads that go along. Nope. Either nah, nope. Nope. I'm talking about a slide rule. I if you watch the movie, slide rule, and I know what you're talking about. Apollo now. 13. Um, and it's a pair. What is this called? I'm looking up right now. While, while Dylan's looking that up to answer the question, yes, uh, I was in uh, Tesla Engineering Charter School uh, growing up in my high school. So uh, with that uh, program. It was a project lead the way program. We had a small portion of one of our intro classes be about how to actually draw by hand. But as far as that being a standard in the engineering field, no, uh, nobody does anything by hand nowadays, except for like simple sketches, you know, to get concepts together, except for maybe industrial designers, but that's well, this one. So this is more for like, uh, it was an architecture class. So basically it was drafting, but you're drawing like houses, buildings, everything was in 2D from top down. 
and then they taught you basically um, kind of like where a 3D where you have your three different angles. They taught us how to draw, like draw out three different viewpoints of something. So like you'd have like a top down view. So basically it was kind of like our regular draft paper that you'd have. Um, but this is like we're actually drawing it with uh, rulers and a piece and a pencil. So you're actually like writing it out. Nowadays, you're right. Everything's online. So like when I was taking the class, like the first half of the class was in pencil and using our, your, your desk. And it's basically just teaching you the fundamentals of what your what drafting is all about. And then the second half of the class was all on online and you're using your 3D modeler and you're basically drawing out a giant house. Um, so I, so they kind of give you like a both of like old school and what's what's new new technology coming out. I think it's always um, important is... to be able to draw out your ideas, especially in 3D, uh, just because it's so much easier to quickly convey that to somebody, anybody, uh, like what your idea is. So it's I think the skill important. of being able to draw in 3D and especially visualizing that in your head to be able to like figure out how you need to draw it in order to get the 3D right, uh, definitely super important to be able to convey your ideas effectively as an engineer anyway. Especially so, as an engineer. So – Question for you guys real quick. Well, I guess Nick, go ahead since I don't want to bail with a new question, but. Right. I, I just, the, the context of, of why I asked the, the first question that kind of took us on this string. And ironically, I'll note that uh, my future wife is an engineer, uh, but she struggles with spatial visualization. Uh, and um, now granted, I am not the best describer of things for lack of a, a better terminology but um the reason i, I brought this up or, or brought up the the shop class stuff is i am looking at building myself a a desk for my at-home office and i have some initial plans for the desktop and i've gone out and bought the lumber and i need to look at the lumber and see what i can actually use of the lumber uh, it does need to be um, ripped down to uh, straighten the edges to give me all the pieces that are actually workable. But I have the lumber. I'm really looking forward to it. And I want to uh, figure out what it's going to look like once I'm done ripping it so that I can measure out, okay, uh, where am I at? Do I need more? Do I have more than enough? Uh, how do I want to make this thing look at, at this point in time? But I'm building this desk and I, I'm pretty excited because I haven't had a building project in quite some time that I actually wanted to do well. The last one I, I did well was my hunting blind. Uh, the last project I had period was I built a little TV stand that um, nothing fancy. It's just a couple boxes with a, a shelf on top that uh, worked for my prior house that I rented uh, with Megan. But the... Um, the desktop I'm attempting to build now, I'm just curious experience are with building. I, I know you guys were Eagle Scouts and have you know certainly done building of some variety, whether that's birdhouses or Pinewood Derby cars or whatever it is that the cool kids do. I don't know. I'm not in on that kind of thing. But um, So I would say for myself, my, like my dad was super into woodworking and whatnot, like, and so was my grandpa. So like I was naturally around woodworking stuff from, you know, I was – as old once I was old enough that my dad trusted me with a hand drill or something like that. So uh, like I, I've been always like, I'm always comfortable with wood. I know Brent Per's Eagle Scout project makes a mean birdhouse. Um, <laughs> and also the most colorful Pinewood Derby car. Yeah. I actually want to say my latest project. And I, I did this as I moved to Seattle. 
this is my my now level living in a, a one bedroom apartment of what, what I do woodworking was as I moved here I actually went to the IKEA store and got a desk and I actually assembled that whole thing on my own. That's, Whoa. That's pretty big. No that's pretty way. good, Brent. I I basically <laughs> built it by hand is how it felt. Like Brent put together his first Lego set. You know, it's kind of funny is in manufacturing, a lot of times you can, you source all these electronic parts from different countries, bring them into America. Uh, you put it all into a box and then you put a made in the USA sticker on it. It's like, uh, really? I mean, we kind of just put it together, but yeah, we'll take it. Take the credit. Uh, yeah, my desk though is not nearly as fancy as Nick's will be. That's Nick. So what was your question? Were you, I know you're asking. Like, what is our experience working with wood? Or, like, you're asking about, like, desks? Like, what? I don't understand what your question was. Yeah, kind of broadly looking at what are, what are your building experiences? Uh, do you have uh, positive stories? I guess, Brent, we have those birdhouses now. And uh, Kyle, I guess I've talked to a little bit on the side regarding uh, his experience and different things he knows based on his uh, family and their having previously or often working with wood. So uh, what I'm looking for is is just advice and not necessarily talking through every detail right now because I, I, had, I don't have it all figured out, but have you ever taken on a project of this magnitude? Do you have experience going to lumber yards to pick out lumber to then have to rip down to go through this whole process? And um, just looking for, if you have experience with it, what was your experience like? What did you struggle with a little bit? Um, right now, I, I'm doing a ton of research on, on YouTube, watching all kinds of really fancy uh, woodwork, and it's it's an inspirational stuff. It's really fun to watch, and a lot of the personalities who do it are um, very entertaining, very engaging. And the other thing I'll, I'll, I guess there's a couple of notes as I'm going through and watching all these YouTube videos. Number one, they have every tool on the planet and you don't need to have every tool to do all the work, but of course it's a lot easier or faster if you have the right tool. Uh, now I need to figure out the balance of, okay, what tools do I need? Or yeah, what right tool versus to the expense of that tool. You want to get bang for your buck, especially starting off woodworking. Oh, yeah. uh, and I'm not going to be building furniture every weekend or doing anything crazy like that. But I do want to build up as a as a man who is somewhat uh, of a you know I want to pretend to be masculine. So manly, so masculine. Part of my Look at part him. of my masculine identity is is being able to build things and work with wood. Uh, no pun intended. Uh, but I it's just it's something I perceive to that that a man should be able to do and, and should you know maybe even enjoy doing like you don't have to if it's not your thing no big deal but i i do enjoy it i i worked at home depot in high school not because i loved pushing carts but i got the opportunity to work in the lumber department and i love the smell of the wood and i love the idea that you can just take these materials and create something and i i have very limited experience in a lot of ways but i grew up in a neighborhood that was developing and I would go play in all the new construction houses and I would look at everything they were doing and climb in the rafters and do everything you're not supposed to do as a kid. Um, but I, I loved it just being around construction. Now I was never inspired to go into a career for that because uh, my family said that there's not a whole lot of money in construction unless you own it. So um, I, I've avoided it as, as far as a career path, but as far as a personal hobby, I, I love the idea of working with wood and I'm, I'm going to be taking on this desk project over hopefully not too much more than the next couple of weeks, but 
just looking to gauge our panel here, if there's a, a lot of experience, if uh, I need to look elsewhere for help or, or what level you guys are on. Well, um, I, 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 I'm <laughs> going to start off Go ahead, by saying I, I want to say I think that going on YouTube is, is a really phenomenal way to start. And there's a lot of skills now that you can learn, whether it's woodworking or cooking or, or really whatever you want to do, you can learn on YouTube or just searching the Internet. So I, I think that's a really cool resource to bring out. And I'm sure that if someone did not make a video um of what you're exactly looking for you should make it and we can put it on the zarya bus youtube um but no I, I don't have much other advice besides good work uh, the way i feel about woodworking is as long as you know different tools then you can pretty much build anything as long as you have enough creativity and patience um and obviously there's some like little tips and tricks and stuff like that but I feel like, yeah, like I said, once you know how to use the difference, uh, it's basically just measure, cut, plain sand. Like, you know what I'm saying? So Yeah, that's a good, yeah, that's a good point. Really, the couple tips for generic woodworking. Number one, uh, if you're designing your own thing, know that wood thickness uh, isn't what they necessarily say it is. Uh, so that's a, I mean, no, if a two by four isn't two by four, it's, what is it like three quarter by one and a half or something like that? Like it's, or yeah, one and three quarter. It, it, you get like an extra quarter inch, something like that on each side. It, it does make sense for construction because it adds up to the correct amount of spacing for certain construction features, but it's not as intuitive for the standard person. And I mean, were you aware of the lawsuit against Home Depot and other major uh, vendors of construction materials for amateurs? There was a lawsuit because uh, customers who don't know anything about construction or the history of it were saying they were getting cheated by these organizations saying they bought a two by four that wasn't two inches by four inches. Um, and I, I don't remember the result of that case, but that was a, a case that went to court. Well, I was say with the, <laughs> I guess, going back to the woodworking in general, like, yeah, I guess if you, if you, do, it, those are people that haven't been around woodworking. They just don't get it, I guess. But um, for other tips, like Dylan said, really 80% of your work can be done with like a 20% of the total tools out there. And you need to measure, you need to cut and sand. Those, those are your main three things. And then we'll throw in drilling. So really you need a good tape measure. You need uh, ideally a powered, uh, like if you're getting your first drill, just go get a corded drill. Don't mess with the cordless ones. Because that could potentially just discourage you, uh, especially if you're just doing a home project in the garage where you don't need to worry about extension cording on top of a roof or something like that. And then cutting, you can just get a simple, there's a bunch of, of different uh, wood saws out there. There's It's the, the classic one you've seen online where it's just that giant saw that, you know, if you Google wood saw, that's the saw you need. And then... Uh, just sand, some sandpaper. They make some variety packs on Amazon that are like two, three bucks and you get from 60 grit all the way to like 300 grit, which is plenty that you would, you know, that's the biggest range you would really need for most woodworking. As far as the other major tip I can give you is wood glue is stronger than regular glue or regular just wood itself. So if you have a damaged something in general, you just want to fill it with wood glue and the screw it together is really just to help hold the wood glue together. Like wood glue and like be a clamp. 
the screws don't really do much compared to the wood glue. So, a couple hey, mini pro may, tips. I'll, I'll jump in my my one observation from all the YouTube research I've done, which of course is not official, but as of right now, the the number one thing you need to be uh, successful in in working with wood in any capacity you need to have clamps and not a set of clamps i mean you need to have like 10 of clamps like <laughs> different stupid, sizes stupid numbers of clamps different sizes four of each and, size and is strengths. what you want clamps I mean, wood glue screws i'm looking like at how basics. to build this this desktop and I, I think I counted in one example of a very nice desktop that I'm kind of modeling mine after in a way. I counted 19 clamps across <laughs> this this desktop, and I That's a I lost my mind. I'm like, I think on our wedding registry we have a set of clamps, but I'm like, I'm gonna okay, need two more sets, three five three to five more sets because I need to get it. Because I wanted to use uh, two by tens initially, which I don't think I'll be able to do based on the lumber I got, but I wanted to use bigger boards. So in order to clamp those effectively and, and ultimately to clamp the, the final product of a tabletop, I need to be able to cover the full 30 inches, which is the depth I want of that tabletop. So yeah, I, I, I wouldn't even do it. I need 19 or so of the biggest clamps. Now, so, in, was, so in general, you can get away with about four. The, Obviously, if you're making something huge, it's slightly different. But if you're making most woodworking things, you need about four of each sized clamp. You need four of those long ones, the like three, four foot ones, three of them that are like a foot long, and then three like smaller ones for joints and, you know, that are only like, you know, six inches maximum, something like that. You say you need like four of each size up to whatever size you're dealing with. The question to pose here, if you could build anything out of wood, uh, what what would your dream build be? Would you be building a, a house? Would you be building a shack? Would you be building your own furniture, a, a rocking chair, a canoe? Build if you could build anything and, and money wasn't an option. Oh, I know what I'd build. In the sense of just, you know, I'm going to take a house because it's the most expensive. But what would you enjoy most? What would you take pride in if you were to build something? Let's start with Brent. If I could build anything, I would build a spaceship. Out, out of wood? wood? No, out of wood. I just, and it's not realistic, <laughs> but it, but you just say anything. But no, if I was actually, I always thought. The, I mean, you could, walk, it could be a model. Oh my, maybe. <laughs> yeah, Get the so next what? person. I feel insulted <laughs> by that answer. No, no, no. I have a serious answer. I, I just, I thought of a funny. Oh, um, no, a I spaceship. Thought, I thought of a building funny. a. <laughs> Hilarious, Brent. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I thought it was funny. <laughs> building a, a canoe from hand, like one of those where you take the full log and you that does sound super that cool. Be, I I know some people. I know a friend in high school did that, and I think her and her dad like they made one for every member of the family. Like they'd work together and build like a canoe for everyone, and it just sounded like a really cool process. It takes a long time, but like a birch bark canoe would be really cool thing to make, and a lot of fun to take out. No, it's just a spring. spring. Smack something. Okay. Bing. No, I didn't do anything. No, that I think that's what I would do. The this music brought to you by Brent. I'm playing the mm. spring. <laughs> take this moment uh, of silence. Kind of think of what I would, would build. You build? I, I do like when Nick said the canoe idea. That did sound super awesome. Like that would be really cool to have your own like canoe that you've made out of hand. I mean houses. 
I've done construction stuff before. It's not, I mean, you put, you put up two by fours in a wall. It's, it's not really that exact of a science in most cases. I'm sure there's contractors that, I guess from my experience, I'm like building shacks up North, that kind of thing. Right. So the professionals probably have, a yeah, I'm point. sure the professionals have much better ways of doing things, but, and right now it's becoming, they have more and more aluminum studs instead of wood studs, but that's a different story. But yeah, I think something like that people interact with would be super cool. Like uh, one thing that comes to mind and I literally just thought of it when this conversation was brought up is potentially like when Julian and I decide to have a kid, it might be kind of cool to make like the crib myself. Like that sounds like a cool thing to do is make your own kid's crib. Like, and I could engineer the crap out of it so I can like expand and lengthen and become a legit bed at some point. At least for like, you know, up to toddler range kind of thing. Mm. That's interesting. I need a house for that Um, because there's no way I can fit all the woodworking tools I would need in an apartment. Right. Um, if I were to build anything, I think I'd want to build like a timber frame tiny. So a timber frame is where you like, basically you have your, your main frame of the house, uh, fit together like a puzzle and you don't actually use anything to like attach them to one another. Basically you have like notches cut out of the frame, frame, um, pieces and then they kind of slide in like a puzzle to one another. So they, it's an old Japanese style of uh, building. Hmm. I think it'd be cool. super cool to build a tiny home in that style. So a lot of times with like woodworking, one of the final steps is to do some polishing. And there, I don't know what these words are called. And I, I don't even care if I need to know what they're called. But polish and polish are spelled exactly the same, mean two <laughs> very different things. Uh, but they're spelled the same and they're pronounced differently as well. And it really bothers me. And another one is wind versus wind. Like Brent had a topic uh, that he wrote down was something like uh, track starting to wind down. I'm like, uh, Brent, you spelt wind wind. And he's like, uh, no, Kyle, it's, uh, that's also wind. So that bothers me that two words, two very different meanings, two different pronunciations spelled the same. I don't know what these are called, but it bothers me. Well, that's the thing that when you're trying to learn English is so confusing to <laughs> a lot of people. As a 27-year-old, it's very confusing. No, 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 but if you're like someone coming, if I'm trying to learn Spanish, I don't think they have nearly as many words that mean different things that are the exact same spelling. So, so when you're trying to like learn English, I think it, that's one of the things that people always, you hear like, oh, it's really challenging because of what you said, like we're wind and wind, like. How do you know which one's which? And if you grew up with it, well, then you know context. You've used it in your daily language. But if it's the first time, like you've only seen wind, and then they're like, oh, and then you wind up the hand of the clock. And they'll just be like, what? It's wound. It's wound. <laughs> God. You wind it up. You wind it up. I mean, I guess I guess those sentences. Wound are, would be past tense. Yes, true. But, but I think that's one of the things that is really. Different. I winded up it. <laughs> I winded it down. I bet there's a name for it though. Should look this up. Right? Yeah, it's called. Well, that's a good point though. If I like different languages, like do you guys all take different? Like, what languages do you guys take in high school slash college? I guess for me personally, uh, I did nothing in high school. I took two years of German in middle school, 
And because I did nothing in high school, I had to take two semesters of German in college. And I should have just taken Spanish or something that I'd actually potentially use in real life. Because German is not something I'm ever going to use again. Um, I took three years of German in middle school. And all four years of German in high school. And I got a German minor in college. And honestly, like, I haven't used German since. Exactly. It's like German, like, because my ancestors are German. It's it, it seemed like they're like, pick a language. I'm like, I don't really want to do Spanish. Everybody does Spanish and French seems pretty useless. And so does Latin. I'm not becoming a doctor or anything. So I'll go with German. Yeah, it was well, as useless. a as a as some people like from Wisconsin, like that's obviously what we like. We had Spanish classes, and I'd be like, "Why am I taking Spanish? There's no one here that speaks Spanish." And when I came out, like, I understand uh-huh. the draw for German, but it's been useless to me. It was a bad decision. Like, on if my anything, part. that we had, we had like Norwegian people. You know what I'm saying, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, when I I wish I were taking Spanish, so I took French, and it wasn't. I mean, it could be helpful. Like, that's even really worse than German, it. I think. Like nobody no, in America it's, it's speaks French, close. but there is Quebec, which is Canada, which is they speak like oh, Montreal, okay. Canada. Yep, you're right. You're right. So they do speak French. It's a little bit closer, um, at least to Wisconsin. But I came out here, and the school I was at last week, they had a class that for the first part of the day they spoke English, and then the second half of the day the teacher taught everything in Spanish. So I came in, and it was a class full of Spanish speakers, and I thought, you know. If I had a Spanish background, I could relate to this class you know. so much better. But I, I didn't take it. And I it's Spanish is one of those languages, especially having taken trips down to Costa Rica and Dominican Republic that I wish I would have spent time to learn. Um, I'm, I'm very lucky oui. that that Heather uh knows Spanish. So when I go down on these trips, I have a kind of a translator in there. And that's made it a lot easier to actually do a lot of the more things besides just the very like, I, I know in Mexico, they love it when people try to at least speak Spanish. Like, it's like, uh, it's like I don't know if it's just funny for them because Americans fail or they literally appreciate you trying to at least trying to speak their language. But when I went down to Mexico, it was like, I don't want it. Like, I know C. That's about mm-hmm. it. No hable English or Espanol. I ha- like, I, I, ha- I have yeah. no Spanish. I had Heather teach me one phrase. I was like, we go to a restaurant. I want to be polite. And we had a little bit extra food that we want to take home. So I asked Heather, like, how do you say, um, can I have a box, please? And it's like, podermos una caja, por favor. And I go up to the counter and I'm all ready to say Good thing you didn't try to ask for a doggy bag. They're like, oh my God, you savage. You want a bag for the dog? No. (laughs) So I go up and ask and basically the person was like, huh? And I just like <laughs> shot my confidence. I'm like, I, I thought I had it, but I must have just and the guy's it. like, dude, just speak English. And then, well, it was a, it was one of those like native restaurants. Um, they called them um, sodas uh, down in Costa Rica. And I, I went to say it and I said it and I had like, you said it right. He just didn't hear you. I'm like, uh, you just say it. You're like, I, it shot my confidence, but I shot my shot. I, I, it didn't he gave work. it a try. Give it the old Spanish try. Yeah. Uh, speaking. Okay. So I want to go quick back to the homonym or the words that have the same word or spelling. Did you say homina? They're called homonyms. Homina, homina. They're called homonyms. Is there another and way to say I, that? 
I'm sure there is. There's got to be like hominins has got to be another word that has another meaning somewhere as well. And, and think about this though: if you're trying to learn English, bow has five different words. You could do bow as in like a tree limb, or bow as in front of a boat, or bow as in bow at the waist, or bow that you tie with ribbons, or bow and tree an bow. There's like a, a bow of a tree. There's there's basically. I feel like bow of the trees got to be like B-A-U or, or something like that. That's not even saying bow wow, <gasps> like oh, a dog, how a dog speak. I mean, it's just try learning that and being, you know, it's hard enough learning one word, but to have it mean so many different things. Um, Where yeah. did bow wow Look, come from for a dog? I get wolf because number one, there's wolves. And number one, it kind of sounds like that. Like, woof, like I get that one. I don't get bow wow. I don't think I've ever little heard of bow wow. I, I've never heard a dog where I'm like, oh, he just bow wowed at me. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where they came from. A little, little bow wow. That's got to be it. Mm. So speaking of, of dogs, we can finally talk about animals now. And I want to talk about that Kentucky Derby. Uh, maximum security thought he was going to be in the winner's circle, but instead he's in jail. No, not quite. But he did get disqualified. First time ever in the Kentucky Derby that a horse got qualified from the race you look at the replay there's one camera angle that you see that's like yeah okay he definitely obstructed but it Uh seems fishy like and and it's hard when it's one of those things where so much money is on the line with betting i don't know if disqualifies the right word he was Um, he was disqualified he was disqualified he at least got pushed down to 16 he i'm looking at the stings right now maximum security you definitely so maximum security is spinoff and gray magician. Now I'm wondering if they also got Dude, disqualified. Wait, wait, pause. Can you please just read through all the names? Because <laughs> sure. some of these horses are always fantastic names. Yeah. So first is country horse. Then the second right. is code of honor. Third tactus, which <laughs> I think that's from Spartacus, isn't it? I think for sure. <laughs> it's a good name. Fourth improbable. Yeah. Tactus was like the, <laughs> the, yeah. And then game winner was fifth. Then sixth was Master Fencer. Uh, seventh was Will of War. Eighth was Plus Q Parfait. parfait. Wait, what? Plus Q Parfait. All one word, or is that three words? No, three words, and it's I, it's obviously French. Uh, ninth is Win Win Win. Tenth, Cutting <laughs> Cutting Cutting Humor. Eleventh, By My Standards. Twelve, Vecoma. Which I think that was like the one Japanese bred horse, I think. Uh, 13th was Bod, Bod Express. Bod Express? I'm not sure. Um, 14th was Tax. 15th, just T-A- TAX? Yeah, yep, just <laughs> TAX. Tax. Okay. 15th, 15th was Roadster. 16th was Long Range Toddy. <laughs> uh, 17th was Maximum Security. 18th was Spinoff. 19th was Grey Magician. And then down below. Didn't even race was Omaha Beach and Heichel. Omaha. Will what is it? Will of War or Will Will to War? Will of War of Will. War of Will must be like the most disappointing horse. I, that no, I think no, 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 no. Like a, Brent. That sounds like a winning horse name. The obvious lo- like loser of a horse is win, win, win in ninth place. That's true. <laughs> No, you know that horse is gonna lose because the owner's like, "Come on, win, yeah, win, win!" You're right. It never does it. It but, would sound awesome like, if he actually was winning, though. He'd be like, "Win, win, 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 win is winning. Win, 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 won." 
that, that does have a lot of potential. It <laughs> does have potential. No, you, you, if you name a horse like with something that majestic, you got to have a winning horse. You know, I, I, War Admiral, the great horse War Admiral. Like that's a horse. Gray that, Wizard or whatever it was. I don't know. Gray Wizard invokes the same fears. Secretary or War Admiral or Will of War, you know, like. How would you I bet he's actually related to War Admiral, though. I bet if you look. How'd you guys feel about them taking down maximum security? Uh, I, so I do not follow horse racing at all. Uh, I think I, if I was in Kentucky or something closer to it, I could see going to one, but I think it would be more like baseball where it's like, I don't mind going and watching with people and like, you know, I'll throw 50 bucks on some random funny horse names and just what, it, you know, if it happens, it happens. Uh, but I don't, I don't think I, like I can, because this is the big one, I don't mind watching the highlight on YouTube or where it cuts straight to it, but I, there's no way I'm watching that live and caring that much. Oh, live is really cool. No, I did. Really I watched cool. it live. Proud of you. So my thought about it, my thought about it is when I first heard the news that the top horse got disqualified, I'm like, that's really ticky tack. Like that seems really dumb. Um, let the winner win, you know, and could have been that bad. And you watch the video at first. It's like, it doesn't really look like anything happened. But then I was thinking about it and from like a track perspective, having coached track and when you're doing a distance race, a lot of times you might try and pass someone. And, and if you go and pass them, you have to, you can't interrupt their stride. Like you can't just go and cut right in front of somebody where it slows them down. I mean, that's, it's basically a penalty. It's just not. That's how they're looking at it too. You definitely did when, cut once all the way across like that, the, like three lanes. Yeah. Once I thought about that was like, well, yeah, you can't just impede someone's running. Like I'm like, you know, it's not quite as ticky tack as I thought. Like, and it's dangerous for absolutely. horses to be doing that, to be cutting each other off like that. Like, yeah, because these died. horses are literally and bred. Watch their life. They're bred to just, just go. They don't. Forward, they yeah. don't fully understand stop. Sometimes. No, they're not. So, I I'm glad there was no big accident. I actually really support that they DQ'd him. I mean, the rider got an unfair advantage from pulling out and cutting people off and you know wasn't that horse like undefeated too i wouldn't be surprised i mean he was clearly the best horse there he would have won i think regardless pretty far ahead of everyone like like, i I think the jockey i'm gonna away from him he basically cut off uh everyone cut off the first couple people in like turn was it the last turn there's only two turns um, okay, well, there's technically well, four. last turn. Yeah, there's a last turn. But, uh, anyways, that um, right before the last straight stretch, like he obviously cut off the other other racers, and then by the time they went across the line, to he was at least one horse length in front of the others. Like he was clearly the faster horse. And I think the crazy thing is the ripple effect it had on the whole race. Like they placed him at seventeenth. Because they thought that one to sixteen all had their races affected thrown by off it. by this one move. Oh my god! Kind of like the whole domino. That no I don't way. know how to determine that quite as much, but that's what they came up with. So uh, it it sucks for it sucks for the whole team, and they didn't appeal, and it's getting you finally get back to the one person decline. that's like, no, dude, I'm not going to be that petty to move up another spot. Hey, yeah. Number two, were you, you affected? Oh, yeah, I was affected. Number three, were you affected? Oh, definitely. He, all the way down, finally, number 17. He's the real mature one here. He's like, no, <laughs> there's nothing 
No, he did not affect I'm my not, race. I'm not getting any more money regardless if I'm 16 <laughs> yeah, right? or 17. Like, it doesn't matter. We're first, Kyle, first the, the dude that actually got cut off, the person that's now in second place or whatever, never even played. He's the one that got cut Sorry, yeah. you have to repeat that again. You cut off a little bit for me. The one horse that actually like physically got cut, they didn't uh, file a report. It was everyone else behind him. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's class. I think. Yeah. No, it's I. I just hate seeing something. I think especially you, with a DQ. Right. It's, it's always, always that asterisk. asterisk. Yeah. You didn't actually win it. You took second. You weren't the fastest horse. You just. Yeah, and that that's what I don't like about it. I mean, we had a triple crown winner last year, so we are we can't be that spoiled. Yeah, I say, do those horses just triple crown and then don't touch anything? Like, are they just done, they retired just after for, that? They just they breed might for the rest one, of their life. They might do one more. Is there any such thing as a double triple crown winner, or do they no, just literally they win it once? It's you only can't... for I believe three year old horses. So, oh, you can only win it one year. Yeah, it's only the the race the three races that make up the triple crown, uh, the Kentucky Derby, Preakness, and so you'll, you'll never see a repeat are, horse. No, you can't. Um, uh, it's only, but that's how they know about them is because they do race as two year old. So they're like the horse you that got DQ'd. Maximum Security does have a racing record. He's probably raced a few times prior to the triple crown. When he was would two would he have been triple crown if he won that one, or is this like the first one? First of first of them. Oh, okay. If that was the last race and he got TQ'd like that, and that was his triple crown bid, oh, oh boy, oh that would oh, be boy. oh boy, oh boy, we we would be talking about this longer. But uh, but enough enough horses. Uh, no. That's a that's a good conversation about. I actually I find it really cool when we first started podcasting. Uh, we talked about I believe Kentucky Derby. We did but, at one point. We talked we talked about the triple crowner. I mean, so we're about a year. This has actually been really close to like the year anniversary of us podcasting. We've come a long way. Well, if it's not now, happy birthday to us. Happy birthday to us. <laughs> happy freaking birthday, boys. Um, yeah. <laughs> we missed a you couple weeks. jump into uh, actually, next segment? Yeah. What do you got, Dylan? I, I think we should start talking about Game of Thrones. I think so Ooh, too. Do we I'm have ready. do we have a lot of time in Game of Thrones? It is we're we're about forty minutes in. We do. Oh, we can talk about this for twenty minutes. Okay, let's do it. Plus, we've been we going haven't heard now. Nick talk in a while, and I want to hear him talk about Game of Thrones because oh, I yeah. I know that there's a lot of controversy about this one. Plus, there is there's a lot of controversy. Brent, you want to leave this one off? I guess I can. You want to do the quick episode recap? Do, 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 do. Yeah, um, so the episode, as I witnessed it, started off with a party that went, in my opinion, a little bit too long. Um, it was cool seeing some of the interactions. Like, well, there was a touching scene, right, about Gendry. the funeral pyro, oh, and okay. everyone died. And I was like, that's really cool. Spo- um, spoiler alert, by the way, if you have not fully caught up. Oh, gosh, yeah, <laughs> I'm jumping ahead. Season 8, episode 4. Uh, you might want to stop the podcast now. This will be our last topic for the uh, day. So, spoiler alert. Brent, please continue. So, I found it really <laughs> interesting that they start off with a, a funeral session for the fallen comrades. It didn't look like there were nearly enough bodies for what Carnage should have been. But I had the same feeling. They explained that 
you can only buy so many like dabbers or whatever. So whatever. And John gives a, a beautiful speech, which I also thought was strange. Like, yes, John's the leader of the North, but shouldn't the, the queen of the seven realms, if she wants to be known as that, give this rousing speech? She didn't. Uh, that was kind of a missed opportunity for her, in my opinion. And then they, they celebrate and get really drunk because they won, even though a lot of their friends died. So they, they didn't really start dead. loosening up. Sorry, I, we can get into this later. Yeah, no, go the, for it. Go, I was saying, they didn't really start loosening up until after the Gendry scene, which I thought was kind That's of interesting. True. So continue. Sorry. Yeah. Um, Daenerys has a scene where she awkwardly makes Gendry lord of his previous Storm realm. and something? Stormland? Yeah, the Storm Stormlands. Nick, help us out. Yeah, I believe it's right. He agrees. All right. Oh. What was what was the question? Gendry's <laughs> Lord of Stormlands. Is that right? Uh, yes, that is where the Baratheons uh, previously called home. Yes, and Sir Davos saves the day after a kind of a a, a touching but yet very awkward, you know, speech from Daenerys. It's hey, he did it, and then they start to party, um, including some. A drinking game, which might or might not have happened in old times, and a couple of prepositions for fornication. Um, I'm not going to go into that. Gendry has a scene with Arya where he proposes. Yes, they are now a romantic movie um, as well, I guess. A romantic show. He proposes. Well, so, she turns so opera. Yep, yep. Will she, will she not? No, that's not her. That's She's not me. no lady. Um, not that even Gendry knows what a lady's supposed to do. So, I mean, her loss. Uh, Arya and the Hound ride south after there's this whole big soap opera deal of, oh, I'm actually a Targaryen. No, you're Jon Snow. No, Bran, tell him. So, um, actually, that scene, a pretty cool scene. If I may, like, I am kind of disappointed they didn't keep that scene going. Like, I thought the first half of this episode in general was really good. Like, they set up a lot of really cool character interactions. And that was one of them where I wish I would have seen how Sansa and Arya reacted to learning that news. And, you know, their facial expressions and that kind of thing. And, like, especially even how Bran would explain it. Like, because we've already heard Sam explain it. And we've already heard Jon explain it. I think it would be really interesting to see how Bran would explain that. And, like, it would be the same story we've heard before. But I think the the way Bran would potentially say it slightly differently and how Arya and Sansa, like especially Sansa, would react would be really interesting. Especially because like in five minutes after that, Sansa's already betraying Jon Snow's trust on not telling anybody. There's no, there's just a straight jump to that. And I wish they should have so, shown that scene to kind of show her thinking about it and, you know, plotting and kind of figuring out what she wants to do with that info. My wonder is, does Bran get paid for a word that he speaks on on screen? Because <laughs> you don't hear him say anything. Like, honestly, he, he said a, a full sentence about his chair, which, I mean, you sit in a 120-year-old chair all day. Like, you're probably pretty stoked about it. There's a, there's a lot but of memes about... the only thing he said. <laughs> there's a lot of memes online on how Bran is just... Uh, that's what he was doing the entire war episode of Winterfell. He was just plotting and figuring out how to design his chair. You know, <laughs> like so that's what you're using your powers for, figuring out how to build yourself a wheelchair. Come on, Bran. 
it's just it's just one of those things where it's like there's absolutely zero substance to this character and it makes it tough because while why did he know he's going to be bait why did and, and they're refusing to go into it and, and i find that to be frustrating um they could have maybe made up for it by telling him the scene where he shares his revelations with the, the like you were talking about shares revelations with the sisters but yeah, no well, anyway, so after they have these scenes, um, the Hound and Brienne get together in some of the most awkward whatever that they did. Um, Tormund gets home, left home. Everyone goes their separate ways. Ghost, our favorite puppy, uh, gets relegated up to the wall again. Hold on, if I may. The Hound and Brienne? No, 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 I, I meant Jamie. I meant Jamie. I meant Jamie. Sorry. That would be a better match, but definitely Jamie. That is, <laughs> is a, I was thinking about the Hound because him and Arya went south, and I was going to say that at some point. Uh, and I did, right there. So, yeah, anyway, the one thing I did like about this episode is we're still in Winterfell, and it seemed like quite a bit did happen based off of my kind of long-winded explanation. But at the same time, nothing really happened besides people went their own ways. Sam left to go... Who knows where? Because why do we have, you know, he's a minor character. Why do we have to tell him where Sam's actually going? Um, Jorah's dead, so he didn't go anywhere. Uh, and then, what? yeah, I don't are, know. Brian, are you forgetting the storyline at this point? Nope, I'm not. Okay. Because they go south. They make this stupid plan of, hey, we're going to take our boats to the Dragonstone because we need to bring, we need to be a Dragonstone for some reason. They don't. Spoiler. Uh, and John and... Davos are taking the Northern Army down the road, the old-fashioned way. They uh, also you, you kind of you skipped a very major part, especially for Nick, is that John's just like eh, whatever, ghost, peace out. No, uh, I, I didn't mention it, but that was it, it so weak. Like that can't be it for yeah. him. If that is it for Ghost, Nick will punch his TV. He's probably he's probably not even gonna watch last. <laughs> after that i mean it was pretty disgraceful i love the the memes that we've been seeing online of can't even pet his dog a couple of times but it's not a dog it is a dire wolf and wolves are not pets that's one thing that we need to to remember is you don't treat them like you would your lovely little pet at home your furry friend anyway they go south uh in i think a shocking scene for many different reasons daenerys lose or loses Rhaegal. i Mispronounced, I apologize. Uh, her weak, wounded dragon to a trap by Euron. And if this was a trap, it was effective, but really stupid. I mean, she was on a dragon. She can't see ships. Everybody hates that scene. Um, they have the most overpowered, uh, what are those, ballista of all time. Basically cannons that shoot out things with very quick reload time. And accuracy. And accuracy. I mean, it basically took down a ship, which well, this is, I think like, they take, showed that. I think they showed that. One, to destroy the fleet, but two, just to show that, yes, this could take down a dragon. It can take down this ship. They're trying to show that's not regular ballista. A lot of people were put off by it, but I I, I get where they're trying to show. Oh, they show them nailing the first dragon three times. In, like, number one, Daenerys should have seen that. Like... They kind of yes. played it like she was going around the edge of the cliff, the mountain or whatever. But even with that, there's no way those ships see her first and then aim, you know, have the guns all prepped and already aiming exactly where she is 
without her seeing them. Like, there's just no way they have that many guns ready that fast from seeing her. And it's like, yeah, they, they shoot the first one so fast. She take that dragon takes three or four instantly. Boom, and then, boom, boom, boom. and then the she just one. charges them and then dodges an entire volley. Like, okay. Like it was at that point in the episode where game of Thrones lost me. And depending on next episode, that might've officially lost me a little bit from, especially this last season of game of Thrones. Oh yeah. It was, it was just a plot device to get rid of a dragon. And they had to get rid of one, so more power to them. Um, no dragon will survive till the end anyway, so it is what it is. They then decide Tyrion and Varys have some of the worst dialogue they've had in power the entire show, where they, they, they chat about how the queen's going mad, and they basically Varys is talking open treason in the throne room of Dragonstone without whispering it, without any sort of fear of retribution or being overheard. Just, uh, I mean, I guess you want Danny the audience said, to hear so, it, but... It, was the scene where Varys said his complaints, or, you know, expressed his complaints right before that or after that? I think it was right before where he's like... Because, like, that kind of makes sense, where, she, where he's like, I told you I'd look at you in the eye and tell you if I think you're making a mistake. I think you're making a mistake. And then she completely ignores him. I could see him then doubting, you know, that being the trigger for him to doubt his allegiance. But Daenerys also said, like, if you betray me, uh, my dragons are burning you alive. So true. That's the thing. And she's not, she's all for burning people alive. They, they then follow Tyrion's plan of talking of reason to the one person on game of Thrones. You can't talk reason to Cersei who has more bows and ballista than I've seen in any of the episodes. I think more than even Ramsey had. Pointed at Daenerys. Everything could have been avoided if they would have just released the arrows. Instead, we get a not terribly inspiring plea from Tyrion. He survives somehow. He should not have. Maybe they'll still come in the next episode, but I doubt it. Um, But the frizzy-haired girl or curly-haired girl does not, which makes everyone upset besides the audience who didn't really remember who she was to begin with. Um, if I remember correctly. And that's pretty much the episode. There's another scene with Jamie and Tyrion and Bronn that I didn't talk about. Didn't do too much for me other than it just shows that we're not going to see Bronn, one of the better characters in game of Thrones for a significant period of time. Go at it. Um, that was a pretty good recap. I'm trying to think if there's anything that I felt differently about. Um, mainly the big thing for me was the bodies in the first scene. I was just like, well, that's not even close to the number of people that were actually killed in that battle. Um, you brought up that they couldn't buy cadavers for that scene. And or, I was like, is that is that really like, is that a thing? Are they no, like mannequins, probably. Probably just mannequins. I doubt they'd actually have real dead people. That that was a misspeak. I, I, probably mannequins is what I meant. Or, I either way, I, like, I think wait, you could film like, it. Wait, either way, I think you could film one from a bunch of different angles and just CGI that yeah, that's as true. many times as you need to give the effect. I was going to say, no offense, but you're you're making crap up. You You don't know what their process was and ultimately what it comes down to. Is they did a they did a horseshit job. 
uh, if you guys are ready for me to, to jump. Oh, I'm so ready. Wait, wait, wait. Nick, can you start, though? Can you start with this, the cup, the coffee cup? Yeah. Yeah. That, that kind of a pitiful. I forgot about that. Yeah. We're ready. We're ready. So if I can, if I may, I'll, I'll dive in on this episode. And, and before I dive in, uh, I, I will blatantly state that I am, I am past the point of believing that this season will be, uh, which is a sad place to be. I've been holding on and the first two episodes, okay, you know, more of the same crap from last season. You get season three, episode three, the battle for Winterfell. Um, lots, lots, lots of visually stunning things happened, but I think that based on how it was shown by the directors, we can make some some assumptions here, some agreements. Died. Except for the main characters, magically, and the Crips. Outside of those few exceptions, everyone in Winterfell died in that episode. That was what they showed us were so many bodies and it makes sense because the the night king's army was a hundred thousand plus the, the biggest best army the north has ever had magically of course to uh, because of daenerys all there and, and all of it was overrun instantly some sorry go ahead pretty much instantly sorry is the only thing i was throwing in yeah no absolutely uh, there is the way they presented this story was so poor in in comparison or, or, or with regards to the plot. Is it stunning? Yes. Was it entertaining? Yes. But what they what if I could look now, this the episode? Eyes, this episode we, us, we talked a lot about last episode. Last episode we talked a lot about the last episode. Last last episode. So let's, let's talk about this episode. This episode. If if you'll let me English, I'll <laughs> I'll get it taken care of. I promise. What you showed us is everyone getting decimated, and then you open up with these funeral pyres. Wonderful. Yep, we've got all the bodies cleaned up. That had to have taken somewhere over three years, I would guess. But sure, uh, all these bodies are here, and you've got, you know, like, I, I think somewhere between three and six bodies on top of all of these pyres. Uh, and I'm sitting here, I, I think I legitimately asked Megan, there have to be bodies built into every one of those pyres to pretend that all the bodies from the Army of the Dead and the people who are dead uh, are there. And then to turn around at the and light it on fire that fast. Oh. <laughs> that that too, definitely. But then to turn around at the war council and say, oh, yeah, we lost half. I'm sorry. What? The entire Dothraki half? alone should be a third. All the Dothraki should be gone. All the Unsullied were holding off the retreat. I mean, maybe you could argue a, a small platoon of Unsullied made it back while the rest of them held off the the assault. But for you to then turn around and say half of the armies survived was was a joke. As the the politics and everything that's going on, you could argue it was a savvy move by Daenerys to uh, make 
uh, Gendry, the Lord of Storm's End. I, I think that was a, a, a savvy political move and, and something that was, was going to happen. I hope it wasn't just fan service, but I want to step back for just a moment regarding this episode. I watch a lot of other podcasts that are, are huge into Game of Thrones who follow it and um, in my stream of regular podcasts that I watch that break down the episodes and explain the decision making, uh, I was presented in the last two weeks with a a podcast that essentially refers to Dave and Dave, the producers uh, and showrunners. Um, and uh, I had I had to click on it. I'm just like, I am so upset with this show for so many reasons. And I on my my pulpit here, you know, preaching about how how bad things are and I hope things get better and you know how they're doing things isn't right and they're they're ruining characters. Um the the place I've reached here is that this is this is one version or telling of a story. And uh frankly, the story is no longer worth listening to. Um, it's, it's still because I have the, the love of the initial story that George R. R. Martin wrote. I, I will watch the other episodes. I will see it through to their version of the end, but I have to go back to the books because this is so sloppily thrown together. And, and what we started with earlier was mention of a coffee cup. Now this is blown out of proportion on the internet, but at the same time, it's not. Your storytelling is absolute garbage. Your scenes don't make sense. You have time warping left and right, which, okay, you can accept from last season. This is the new standard, but it's just, it's so sloppy. It's so thrown together. You have brilliant characters like Tyrion Lannister. Well, the, you have. I was going to say, the actors alone, like the actors are still amazing. They're just yeah. not given stuff to work with. They're they're being told what to do and they do the best they can with what they're given. I, I don't blame the actors. It's, it's, not going to say why am i Tyrion lannister walking up to the wall that's controlled by my sister who hates me and wants me dead more than anything else in the world in what world of this story does she not say fire hey, what what advantage would she ever claim is is had by not killing Tyrion right there and then right and, and i think honestly I thought for sure he was done there because it almost sets up perfectly because he's been making stupider and stupider decisions. He walks straight up to the wall trying to plead with Cersei, which he's already done in King's Landing, and it didn't work. He deserved to die there from just pure stupidity alone, much less the whole, like, mirroring previous scenes. Like, the only thing he should have been shot is he... He maybe had leverage in the first part because Daenerys still had three dragons. Two. Two dragons at that point. She had her full forces and she had two dragons. Daenerys was the stronger. If she were to instigate by killing Tyrion, which she could have done, certainly. She only had one um, dragon that at that point. Been, yeah. Uh, that was Rhaegal. That was before they went north. The first time Tyrion went to plead with her. Oh, the first her time. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Right, right. So, um, at that point, you could you could maybe argue that okay, Daenerys is in, or uh, Cersei is incentivized not to kill Tyrion out of respect out of Daenerys's force. Uh, that's not the case now. Sitting there with 
a, a part of what's left of their troops after they got decimated at sea and they decide to go talk to her at the wall, if she has any mounted cavalry, run their rear ends out there and slaughter them all. And hey, guess that's over. Game over. Cool rebellion. If, if I may, it could be that Cersei's just doing some like flex of, I know I have you beat. I'm going to let you guys live because. No, it's just horseshit right You guys. It's, like, that's the only way you can adjust it. I, I like that's you, just it. I'm done. I'm done trying to justify it. And the and next I, scene I'll bring up there is is the ambush, quote unquote. You have two dragons who are flying above you in a a an aquatic or aquatic a, a sea region. You can see for miles. Like Kyle stated earlier, I believe there is no scenario in hell densest fog you've ever seen, which they didn't bother to do that. It, there, no, it was a beautiful day out. Get, Dragons don't get ambushed. And then, I mean, again, horrible writing. Well, I think, in, if Shots, I may, real quick. One, Ragnall. Right. One, in one of the previous, I forgot if it was in the books or previously in the show, but they're like, only one dragon has ever actually been taken out of the sky by man. Otherwise, it's always been like dragon on dragon. Uh, and then for them to have the first three shots from a further distance, peg Ragnall perfectly. And, then, and target him course, instead of Daenerys. Come. <laughs> that's just that's just horseshit writing. And then okay, Daenerys Daenerys is upset. Okay, that would be a logical response to this stupid situation. So she goes flying in, and then more ships. I think I counted at least eight or more shots. You know, the ones that just pegged Regal perfectly are then flung at Daenerys, and you're For going to claim much closer range. Even nicked Drogon. Brent, no matter what, that's horseshit writing. Oh, absolutely. It's Ad plot writer. armor. It's all right. plot it, armor. Yes, yes, that is the exact term. Perfect. You're, you're right on. And and Daenerys has it, and John has it, and like, all, all these characters who are moving through, they're never in actual danger. And uh, the whole, I've listened to these it's podcasts. It's literally turned are, into a soap opera because if somebody's popular, they want to keep them on the soap opera. No, and so they'll no. change the story just to keep that person because everybody likes them. That's exactly what's happening with Game of Thrones right now. And at the same time, they're trying to hold on to the roots of what the, the show was good for. And they're trying to have surprises. Oh, you didn't know that they were going to get ambushed. You didn't see that coming. Hashtag Game of Thrones. Like, <laughs> it's just like two children are at the steering wheel here and like, oh, yeah, we're due for a surprise. How about the dragons who can see for miles around? Don't see this coming. And and, uh, of course, Daenerys gets away and all these other situations. But these videos exist that break down how bad this show's gotten. And this coffee cup is is a meme or an Internet story or whatever. It's just a prime example of, okay, this show was two years, two years for the season budget has the biggest budget of any TV show ever in the history of TV as far as I know. And if it's not number one, Ivan, I'm sorry. It's so much money, it's it's disgusting. And yes, they want to use it on CGI, but to have these kinds of errors shows, okay, we're off book. We don't have to take this too seriously. We've got our plan of attack. Let's run through it and go. And everything that made the show great, all the little details, all the little subtle looks between the characters. And it's again, it's not the actor's fault. It's not like they're not able to portray it. They've done it for five and six seasons. 
already before they got off of the material. Seven and seasons, you might say. And it's just, it doesn't it doesn't exist. Well, it's the seven if seasons. if I may, I I blame George R. R. Martin. Like being I, too good. Well, he's really great, and he's set a level that I don't think he can even match it again. Like I guarantee, Why he's people are going to read. He can though. He's taking he years he can, and years to write his be. next book. Like what was when was the first one released? Like ninety eight or something like that. For that, I think. Yeah, it was the shows are like, the shows are so hyped up though that like obviously everything is going to be over analyzed, and that's that's definitely evidently fine. not because they've got a effing coffee no, cup. No, by us, by us, the fans, by the fans, and no, I feel I like the books are going to be the exact same way. Those books are going to be over analyzed, and there's that. not a perfect way to finish. That's why no, he hasn't I, finished yet. There's no perfect way for him to finish it. If you if you if you thought we were overanalyzing because we thought a character should do something different, okay. No, it's because we have these expectations that no, Dave, it, it's, Dave, just, it's just they shitty not, writing. They're not good enough. Shitty writing because they're, they're not, not good. They're not good. Period. There's nobody else that's it's, good enough. If I may, real quick, it's the difference between before when it was something crazy would happen, you'd be like, okay, like what's going on here. And right now, something crazy will happen. You'll be like, okay. What is this? Like, It doesn't make sense. It, There's no I just, the show writers couldn't do it because J.R.R. Martin had done it yet. Like, if George can do, can't do it yet, I, how so can these guys I, be I see to do it? it? There is a slight point there in the sense that they don't have the true material to work off of. They're now, like, George R.R. Martin is the mastermind, right? But if you have other guys trying to be that master. Basically the, the two director, the D and D they are trying their best to emulate that. And they know the general storyline. They just don't have the ability that George R. R. Martin does to create no. those kind of in-depth intertwining things. I, could they do better or could they have yes, done better? They I think could do better. they could have, but to be fair to them, uh, they 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 they're not they're not the masterminds. They know how to direct and show a scene. They don't know how to make up a scene properly. See, hold on, hold on. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna poke one hole in that, if I may. Yes. If it were if it were one or the other, I would be totally on board. And I think your statement there, Kyle, if I can misquote it or or correct me if I'm horribly off, but you're saying they can either, you know, write it or or they can direct it. And directing is the process of showing what's supposed to happen not doing either of those their writing is horseshit no i guess no, i'm saying like they're well, they are showing their the, CGI the, their great. ability to show the story is good their ability well, to make the story themselves is not good again showing the story i just said about the, the battle of winterfell everyone was dead that's but, what they showed us but they wrote the story wrong but think about that was the writing. But think about the first four seasons when they had source material. But it wasn't the writing. The, the writing says half the people survived. What they showed was everybody was effing dead. And that's they're not the doing. They're not doing either job to correct. If they were no. doing one or the other, I'm totally on board. If I mean, if they were good directors, they could take a story, whether it's horseshit or not, and so and, and when make did, it. When did they come so in that on the lines to that story? When did they come in on the seasons? Were they from the start or what season did they come in? It was them from the start. It was them from the very start. So that's the other thing. To Brent's point, there's proof that they can pull it off when they have the material behind it. 
It's when they're getting to this making the material themselves where it all went to heck. Maybe they have to spend extra time making the material and then writing it as well. And so they, they're literally just crunched for more time. So they're not as good as they were before. But yeah. Well, they shit the bed by only having six episodes. We have proof that their previous work is really good and their current work sucks. And the main thing that's different is the lack of material. It is though. They showed the writing. But we have seen what they have produced and directed before. And we see what it is now. Their directing ability was amazing in the past. We loved Game of Thrones. Now, we don't like it. The only thing that's changed between then and now is George R. R. Martin's material is not there for them to use. Yeah, but it's not my, my only point, my only counterpoint to that, and I'll drop it because we can go on for the, too long. Yeah, this, but for sure. For my sure. only counterpoint to that, and, and certainly give a counter if you feel necessary, my only counterpoint to that is they're not the only ones who had the material could read the books and understand what's happening. Every person on set who's making it happen outside of the actual director understands the the, the micro picture, in, in the micro and the macro, because it's all on the pages. Everyone can read it and understand it. Yes, they oversaw it, but based on their work in the last two seasons, I don't even think I can give them credit for those earlier seasons. Because they did not I have mean, the they, material. They, like, I, I don't... You, yeah, we're just we're arguing semantics at this point. I think you both have valid ideas with that. Once it started to be rushed, it just everything is rushed and condensed and you don't have time for the scenes that are the scenes that they choose to elongate, like the party scenes, are uninspiring and the other stuff like that should be developed doesn't have time to develop. And I think that's where we're losing a lot of the writing is just rushed and crunched and a lot of the important stuff like, I want to know what happens to John on his journey down south. Does he pick up more people? Does he meet up with Nemiria? What are Arya and the Hound doing? That's the kind of stuff that we saw in the earlier seasons, and there just isn't time for it anymore. And that is one of the saddest things. This is 10 episodes, 12 episodes like it should be. We should have gotten a better story, but we're getting cheated out of it. And that's why the Game of Thrones conclusion is going to end up being probably in, in one of the real, biggest disappointments. If I may, I think the they year. should. They almost should have done the end of the White Walker thing, the very last episode of last season. Like that's when they should have wrapped up that arc and had this last season be after that. And I think that would have shown a lot more. Um, like I think people would be more understanding of that. Like, hey, the big thing's over. This is literally an epilogue just for us. Like the main story's over. This season's for us, right? But instead they try to incorporate them both into it. And it's just, we don't know what the end is. There's no definitive end. It was supposed to be the White Walkers. The White Walkers were it since season one, episode one, scene one. And they weren't. They're not the final boss. Yeah. I think the thing, the thing that I'm going to do in the only way is... And I actually enjoyed last episode because I chose not to compare it to the first four seasons. And I understand that it's just not ever going to be Game of Thrones. It's this universe's Game of Thrones that we're stuck in. And if you just take it for an entertaining hour, I I was happy with. If I think of it as the official ending of Game of Thrones and how everything that led up to it was, very disappointing. But as 
not thinking about it TV, they're doing all right with it. But that being said, that's not what Game of Thrones, that's not what made it special. So, you know, I'm just, I'm just going to choose to try and enjoy it. And I, I do like them. I mean, it's, they're visually stunning. The characters, you grow to love them, even if they're not quite the same as they used to be. And I would, I would argue a lot can happen. I yeah. would argue you don't grow to love them. In fact, uh, through no fault of the actors in any way, shape, or form, what happens to any of the characters? Because I'm so distant, disengaged from the story. Not just because I'm spiteful about how they're doing it, which I am, but because this show is turned into such a joke. Meaning, and to Kyle's point, the big bad of the whole story was supposed to be. The, the North, the, the the White Walkers. One episode wrapped up. Yep, we got it. And oh, by the way, yeah. all the dead. Yep, they're burned right away at the next episode. Moving on. Um, it, it's I, I get the show is supposed to be about the political drama, but I, I just care. And, and based on the online community of super fans who are creators and consumers of crazy level related to all that is game of thrones it's i'm not the only one a lot of people are horribly horribly miffed and a lot of people are are also doing what you're doing which is trying to just appreciate it for what it is no you can't you can't justify it no that's true that's true just giving but you just appreciate it for what it is and um wait for the books to come out and hope that martin's able to you know put the finishing touches on his um on his masterpiece essentially but it's it's i'll I'll, I'll watch it yeah i I know i'll be there for the next uh what is it three sunday or two two oh my gosh two more more episodes sundays i will i will certainly be there i will be watching but um expectations have dropped like I, I I don't I I I can't say that I'm excited to watch anymore, which is crushing. As a super fan, I I have spent so much time listening to creators, reading, uh, watching the show. I I think before every season, I rewatched every other season because I I've enjoyed it so much, and to reach this point, the the, the historical seasons for what they are, but to reach this point is 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 quite depressing, frankly. So that's so all. I think the... I got a quick thing, a little homage to ghost here. And then Brent, you want to wrap um, us up for this episode? My best. This is why ghost is the secret MVP of Westeros. Uh, this is my sources. Reddit um, <laughs> fought in the battle of cast castle black and against the white Walker army. He guarded Jon Snow's corpse. So he could be resurrected. He saved Sam's life. Sam went on to save Jorah who went on to Sarah in turn to save Daenerys. He never got shot uh, by easily avoidable, avoidable harpoons or arrows, unlike other pets. And he's a very good boy who always tries his best. That's, That's why ghost. my dog is named ghost. Horror went out for ghost. Who's still alive actually, which is a happy ending uh, for ghost. All right. So that was the latest episode, episode 47 of if I may, we hope you enjoyed Thanks for sticking around with us through those spoilers. We'll get to you a new episode next Thursday. 
thank you again for all of your support. Uh, merchandise is still available at the store. Subscribe for interesting content. Share, rate, and review is always appreciated. If, uh, if you want to get in contact with us, you have ideas for topics you want us to hear, we'd love to discuss it. Just send us a DM on Twitter at Zarubust. We hope you have a great Thursday, and we will be with you next week. See you.